0: If you brought your Bible with you today, would you turn, please, to John 14. We have been for some weeks now on the subject of looking at the words of Jesus, and then now we're calling it Seeing Jesus. And we are excited about seeing Jesus, aren't we? In John 14, you'll see what we're talking about. John 14 and verse 21. Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. Who loves him? The one that has his commandments and keeps them. Now that would involve receiving what he said, believing it, accepting it, valuing it, respecting it, remembering it, and doing it, putting it into practice, doing it. And he said that those are the ones that love him, not just the people that say they love him, but the people that actually do what he said. And he said, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Now this is the part we've been excited about. That the Lord told us, if we would do what he said, he would manifest himself to us. That's in this life, here and now. Look at the Amplified on this verse. The person who has my commands and keeps them is the one who really loves me. And whoever really loves me will be loved by my Father. And I too will love him and will show, reveal, manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Are you interested in the Lord allowing you to see him clearly? Are you interested in the Lord making Himself real to you? Is there anything any better? (laughs) Did you know that the Holy Spirit who is the Spirit of Jesus. Did you know He can come get in the chair with you? (laughs) Did you know that? Did you know He can get in the car with you? Did you know He can get in the bed with you? Did you know that? What are you talking about, Brother Keith? Well, he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He doesn't go and come. He's always there. But not only is can he be in you, but he can come on you. And that's different. And when he comes on you, well, if I just come right here and sit down here. <laughs> we have to ask Jack, does he know whether I'm here or not? He doesn't have to look over and go, is Brother Keith here? He knows it. It differs between just being in the room and being in the chair with. Well, that's one aspect of him making himself real to you. Oh, come on, have you ever experienced the presence of the master? Does he get real to you? You go, oh, glory to God. He's here. Well, now, we knew he was here by faith before. And we're not supposed to clamor and have to have a feeling before we're going to believe. We're supposed to walk by faith. And I'm a faith person, and I believe in walking by faith. But I'll tell you this. I'll take all the feelings. <laughs> He'll give me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That does just because you walk by faith don't mean you can't have any feelings. You walk by faith long enough, you're going to have some feelings. It's going to produce some feelings and some experience. And that's what we're talking about. That's why we're excited. I'm convinced that if we'll pursue the direction that we're going and just keep on loving Him and hungering after Him and doing everything we know to do exactly what He tells us to do and, and honor Him that there's no way He's not going to manifest Himself to us and show up in our life in different ways and times where it is indisputable that He's real and He's here and He's talking to us and He's doing things in us and for us and through us. And friend, that is exciting. That is exciting. Like the little boy was talking about. He said his teacher told him if you get in faith about it, you get excited about it. So he got excited about his knife. And now he has it. What about us getting excited about Jesus showing up and manifesting himself. And we'll look up before long and there he'll be. Glory to God. We know he's here but I'm talking about manifesting himself. In healings and miracles. and Deliverances. Unveiling to us the things of the spirit. His plan and his will and his direction. I don't know, we could labor and win a, f- a two and three and four and five and ten here, but he could show us something that would sweep hundreds in at once, thousands in at once. Can't, right? I mean, we just can't do this job in our own ability. We have to have his manifestation, and so that's what we're believing for. Now, what we've done is uh, we know we don't have to work on him doing his part. He's faithful. We need to work on our part. Our part is having and receiving and keeping and doing what he said. So we've been going over the words of Jesus. Now, all this book is the words of God, but, you know, that'd be a big study. So we're taking the book of John, and we're looking at the red letter words. I know that's a good start at least, right? I mean, And really, you know, when you touch talk about a phrase you're also touching on something that's in Matthew and Mark and Luke and something that's discussed in the epistles and something that was foretold in the prophets right and so really this is a lot bigger than you might imagine it's really touching the whole word when you talk about how many when you talk about one thing Jesus said you're touching a whole lot of stuff at one time because his word is eternal And so we begin in the book of John and going through chapter 1, 2, 3, and 4, and we got over about chapter 7, so if you just turn there, we saw in John chapter 5, the healing of the man at the pool of Bethesda really set off a number of other things. A lot of things came as a result of that healing. And you would think people would have been uh, excited about a man who had been healed from a, what was it? 38-year condition. But particularly the religious leaders were not happy about it. It upset them. And it disturbed them and made them angry. And so they challenged Jesus about it. And he told them that it wasn't just something he decided to do. That he couldn't do anything Amen. of his self But only what he saw the Father do and heard the Father say. And so that this wasn't his idea. He said, I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And so that everything that he was doing and saying was not his idea, not something he just decided to do. But it was the Father in him doing the works. And so we come to see when they didn't like him and didn't like what he was doing, he said, if you've hated me, he said, they both hated me and they hated my father. Because I was just saying and doing what he told me to say. And so even as he tried to explain it and teach them about it, they just got all the more angry and got to the place where they wanted to kill him. Now down in John 7, It starts off by saying that even his own brothers, his physical brothers, didn't believe in him. Verse 10, when his brethren were going up to the feast, he went also up to the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. How many know that sometimes you don't need to tell everybody what you're doing? Then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, Where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him, for some said, He's a good man. And others said, no, he deceives the people. Now, this is something that's gotten clearer to me in this study. When we think of Jesus, we just think about people believing in him. And we would imagine that if Jesus preached to a crowd today, oh man, everybody there would get saved. But it's not true. Well, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what he would do now would be the same as what he did then. And we know, come on, picture this, that you're in a crowd, huge crowd, and you hear Jesus preach. You believe he got it right when he preached? You believe it was anointed? You believe it was right? And yet, after an hour or two or three of hearing him preach and talk, you hear people around you saying, I don't believe that. That's not right. He's deceiving these people. He's leading all these folks astray. I mean that's hard for us to fathom. But it happened. People did it by the thousands. Is that right? And yet some other people said. No I believe he's the one. (laughs) He's a prophet. How can anybody do what he's doing. Unless God's with him. And yet somebody said. No way. No way. Read your Bible. No prophet comes out of Galilee, and that's where he's from. And you know he's doing this stuff on the Sabbath day, and you know there's no way God would direct somebody that's really of him to break the Sabbath. He can't be right. (laughs) Read on down in the chapter. On down in about, let's see, verse forty. Verse 40, many of the people, therefore, when they heard this saying, they said, Of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Shall Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that Christ comes of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem where David was? So there was a division among the people because of him. Someone say, Division. Division. Now, you know, Jesus had said that he was not come just to bring everybody together. I know that sounds strange. But go to Matthew. Hold your place right here in John. We're not through with that. But go to uh, Matthew, the 10th chapter, and down about verse... 32 Matthew 10:32 said, "Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword." For I'm come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter in law against her mother in law, and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Why would that be so? Why would when Jesus came and preach and minister, division would result? He's certainly not the author of confusion, he's certainly not the instigator of strife. That's the enemy. What's happening then? Just this. Some believe and receive him. Some don't believe and reject him. And that creates a division, doesn't it? If everybody'd receive him, there would be no division. But some are not. And that's why you'll see even households split. And it's not just believing that God is real. And just believing that Jesus is the one. But also believing what he said. Other things that he said. And other things that he did. Sometimes two people can believe that he is the Christ. But then they divide on other things. Maybe they don't believe in healing. Maybe they don't believe in speaking in tongues. Maybe they don't believe in uh, prosperity. or You know, any number of things. But... Should we deny what we know is right in our hearts just because somebody else doesn't believe it? Should we deny and smother our faith in order to be accepted with other people and remain part of their group and go along with them? Well, friend, this has happened from the first sermon he preached and it's happening to millions today. Now, go back to the uh, John, where you got your place there, and look at what they said. We were there at about verse 43, John 7, 43. There was a division among the people because of him, and some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said to him, Why have you not brought him? Because they were sent to arrest him, and they come back without him. The officers answered, Never man spoke like this man. <laughs> Why didn't they bring him? They knew in their hearts there was something special about this man. And they just couldn't bring themselves to put the cuffs on him and interrupt the service and drag him out of there so they knew they were going to get chewed out when they went back but they just did it anyway then answered them the pharisees and they said are you also deceived have any of the rulers of the pharisees believed on him but this people who know not the law are cursed have any of the rulers of the pharisees believed on him what's the implication None of the spiritual people, none of the leaders in the church have endorsed this man. None of the leaders have believed on him. Well, that wasn't true. For one thing, Nicodemus speaks up the very next verse. (laughs) He believed in him, but he only came late at night. Isn't that right? Under cover of darkness, why? For fear, For fear of the people. Back in verse 13, John 7:13, it said, "Howbeit no man spoke openly of him. For what? For fear of the Jews. Afraid of what? Going over to the twelfth chapter, please. The leader of the Pharisees said, none of the leaders have believed on him. Well, that wasn't true. John 12 and verse 42. John 12 and 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many what? Many believed on him. Among who? The chief rulers. The head men. The head people. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more or more than they loved the praise of God. Now, friend, realize what happened. How many of the chief rulers? Not a couple. Not three or four. Many of them. All those individuals knew in their heart that he was right. That what he said was right. That he was a good man. And they sat there while the other ones planned Jesus' apprehension. They sat there and they watched that mock trial and they watched him get scourged and they watched him get crucified and they knew. They knew. He was a good man and possibly more. They knew he was right and wasn't a criminal and didn't deserve any of this. Why did they go along with this? Fear. Fear Fear of people fear of man and fear of being put out of the club is this serious does it affect us today does it affect many people today oh friend it's happening all over the place people are so hung up on needing men's approval They're so insecure and so full of fear that they're so concerned about what somebody might think. What will they say? What if they put us out of their group? Oh, how could we live? Now you're laughing, but this is a big deal. I'm telling you. People are missing it right and left over this. Look in John 9. John 9. This is the story of the man who was born blind. And when Jesus and his disciples were walking along, the disciples said, Lord, who sinned? This man or his parents that he was born blind. Now this reveals... A commonly held belief of the day that when something like this happened, genetic defect, birth problem, whatever, disease, deformity, somebody sinned. And that's why it happened. And Jesus surprised them when he said, neither has this man sinned nor his parents that he was born this way. Now that doesn't mean those three adults had never sinned. You know that. What's he saying? That's not why that happened. But he didn't go into a whole lot of detail as to why it happened. He just said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. And he went over there and he made clay of spittle and dirt. He put it in a man's eyes. Told him to go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did. And he. When he washed his eyes, he began to see. Yes, sir. Oh, glory to God. How many believe this really happened? This is not a fairy tale. It really happened. And how many believe we got the same Jesus today, same Jesus, doing the same things? Amen. Thank you. Now, let's just stop right here. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he spit and make mud and stick it in the man's eyes and tell him to go wash it? Why did he do that? We already know. It's because he saw himself do it. He saw the Father in him do that. And he saw him going into that specific place and washing it off. He saw it. Heard it. Saw it. Either one. And so he did what he saw and said what he heard. And the man just went and acted it out. And God showed up at the pool. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Are these kind of things supposed to be happening today in our lives? All we got to do is pay attention to what we're seeing. Pay attention to what we're hearing and say it and do it. And didn't he say, if you believe on me, the works that I do shall you do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Somebody say, I believe that. I believe believe that. that. And see, that's exactly what we're talking about when we say, if we will keep his commandments, he's going to show up and manifest himself. That's what happened when the man got healed. God manifested himself. Made himself real. Revealed himself to him. And so when the man that was blind could see, the people in the community around him said, that's that guy that's been blind all his life. And others said, well, he sure looks like him. And he said, it's me. (laughs) Well, they said, you got to go to the Pharisees. Now, you know, thinking back now, why? Well, that's his church leaders. And so they took him to the leaders of the Pharisees and leaders of the synagogue. And they said, what is this that happened to you? And he said, well, I was blind, couldn't see a thing. Born that way. And uh, this guy spit and made mud and stuck it in my eyes. And told me to go over to that pool of Siloam and wash. And I did. And I can see. <laughs> and the Bible said they didn't believe it. They didn't believe that he'd been born blind. And so they called for his parents. Who were a member of the synagogue right there. And you remember what they said? Verse 19. John 9:19. 9, they asked him, they said, is this your son? Who you say... Was born blind. How then does he now see? His parents said, We know that this is our son. Well, they ought to. And that he was born blind. Well, they were there when he was born. At least his mom, for sure. And by what means he now sees, we know not. Or who has opened his eyes, we know not. He's of age, ask him. He shall speak for himself. In other words, and not for us not for us. These words spoke his parents because what? Because what? Because they feared the Jews. For the Jews had agreed already that if any man did confess that he was Christ, he should be put out of the synagogue. Therefore said his parents, he's of age. Ask him. Now why would they do that? You read the rest of the story, they put him out. And why would his parents want to remain a part of a bunch that would despise the healing of their boy and kick him out when all he's done is got healed? Amen. That's right. Why would you want to stay a part of a bunch like that? But you know, yeah, fear. Fear of man. But you know, people are doing it right and left. There are people that God will fill with the Holy Spirit and they speak in tongues and they won't tell anybody about it and they go back into a church and put their tithes and money in there for them to preach to them and tell them that it's of the devil. Did you hear me? And they're ashamed. People that God heals. And they'll go back into a place and put their tithes and money in there for them to talk them out of their faith and tell them, you know, it's of the devil and, and talk, you know, that it, God's all passed away. I won't tell anybody and ashamed. Friend, this has got to stop. I said, this has got to stop. When the Lord's done something for you, you got to stand up and tell it. And if it costs you, it costs you. Oh, somebody say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not ashamed of Jesus. Now, this creates division. It has, it does, and it will. But you know, there's going to be a division, just make sure you're on the right side yes. of the division. <laughs> be with the believing bunch. Yes. the confessing bunch. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. We all are not one. some of that tongue-talking bunch, are you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. That's us. Yes. We're tongue talkers, man, you never heard folk-talking tongues like us. <laughs> Woo. Don't downplay it. Don't backpedal. Don't go, oh, well, they teach that over there at the church sometimes. And then you hear this all the time. Well, I wouldn't say that's my church. I mean, I, I go there sometimes. You yellow coward. You, you yellow Be a man, be a woman, stand up and say yes, yes, yes. Acts 2, 4 is in the Bible. And God filled me with his blessed Holy Spirit and gave me other tongues and you ought to receive too. Yes, Yes, the Lord healed me by his grace and mercy. I was down and now I'm up. I couldn't go and now I can. And it wasn't an accident. It wasn't. He healed me. He healed me. Don't mince words. Don't backtrack. Don't be ashamed. God didn't give us the spirit of fear. The spirit of timidity. But the spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Like we're talking Friday night. When you know you're sure, you're bold, you're not ashamed. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Glory to God. Say glory to God again. Well, I like this guy. (laughs) Don't you? Verse 24. They said, well, give God the praise. We know this man's a sinner. He said, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I know I was blind, now I can see. (laughs) That was like slapping them in the face, man, they couldn't handle it. Because they're looking at a miracle. How are you going to deny this? They said, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He said, I told you. (laughs) Already. And you didn't hear it. Why do you want to hear it again? You want to become his disciple? Oh. Oh, that's like slapping him with a wet dish rag, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> they reviled him and they said, You're his disciple. We're Moses' disciple. We know God spoke to Moses. As for this fella, we don't know where he's from. The man said, Well, here's a marvelous thing. <laughs> He already knows he's out anyhow. Do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) He already knows and he don't care. Come on, when you were blind and now you can see. Why would you want to stay a part of a bunch? How many understand it's obvious they don't care a thing about him? It's obvious if they cared one thing about him, they'd be jumping up and down at the man blind his whole life can see. And when all they want to do is fuss and argue, they don't care about him. So why would you want to stay? Well, where will I go? <laughs> what will I do if I'm not a part? Mm. How about get free? (laughs) He said, it is a marvelous thing. You don't know where he's from. And yet he opened my eyes. Now we know that God hears not sinners. If any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, him he hears. He's talking about in miracles like this, you know. Since the world began, it's not heard that any man ever opened the eyes of one that was born blind. If this man was not of God, he could do nothing. Amen. Amen. <laughs> he just stood flat-footed and told them like it was. Yeah. They answered and said, you were all together born in sins. And do you teach us? And they cast him out. Now, cast out means they physically, through him, Out of the synagogue and excommunicated him, took his name off the roll, and informed the ushers that he is not welcome and he may not come in. (laughs) See, that's why his parents didn't say anything. They knew that happened to them too. And so he's leaving. I don't think he's even very sad. The man can see. He's too busy seeing. He ain't been seeing since he was born. He's got a lot of seeing to catch up on. So he's seeing, seeing, seeing. And Jesus, verse 35, Jesus heard that they threw him out. And took his name off the road. Told the ushers he couldn't come in. And when he found him, he found him. He went and looked for him and found him. And Jesus said, do you believe on the Son of God? He answered and said, Lord, who is he? See, he's never seen him. He's never seen him. He said, who is he, Lord, that I might believe in him? Jesus said, you have both seen him. You've seen him now. And it's he that's talking with you right now. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. What if somebody kicks you out of their club? Man, if Jesus comes and finds you, you'll think I should have got out of there earlier, a long time ago. Jesus came and found me. Talk to me. Whew. Now friends, this is happening since this time and up until this present hour. And here's the thing, even good people, I mean good people that know God, have been and are being led astray because of the fear of man, backing off of things, hiding things, Making apologies for things they shouldn't be apologizing for. Look at Proverbs. Proverbs 29 and 25. 29 and 25. What does it say? The fear of man. What does it do? Brings a snare. What's a snare? It's a trap. And when you're trapped, what can you do? Nothing, you're immobilized, you lose your freedom, and if you lose your freedom, what can you do? What brought all that? Fear of, man. Fear of man, but whoso puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Safe from what? Being trapped and bound so you stay free and loose. Listen to some other translations of that. The uh, New Century, I believe it is. It says, being afraid of people can get you into trouble. But if you trust the Lord, you'll be safe. Listen to the message translation. The message translation of this. The fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. What does the fear of human opinion do? It does what? It's like a snare that you get caught in and now you're immobilized and disabled. Doesn't it paint a picture? What did all that to a person? The fear of man or here, the fear of human opinion. Well, it would be when you say fear of man, what are you afraid of? You're afraid of what they might think. Or what they might say. Or what they might do. Particularly that they might exclude you. And cut you off. From their group. Now come on think about this. Think about what we just read. Many of the chief rulers believed in him. Didn't they? But what did they do? They sat there. And watched. While their group crucified Jesus yeah. why they didn't want to be put out of the synagogue they didn't want to lose favor with their peers and with their group is this still going on today oh, oh. go to Galatians Galatians please I think it's the second chapter. Yeah, Galatians 2. Afraid of being excluded. Afraid of being talked about. You know, I've been talked about. (laughs) I've received more than one ugly gram. I've been excluded from certain things. And people that you kind of might have thought were your friends, and you found out, once you were labeled such and such, they distanced themselves from you. That won't make you feel good, especially if you thought people were your friends. <laughs> but you know what the Lord showed me? You know, I'm wanting to feel sorry about it. He said, why did you think they were your friends? He said, that's your fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he said, that's your fault for assuming that they were and you had no reason to think that they were. How many know as long as there's a party going on and there's free food and everybody's happy? You don't know who your friends are. <laughs> do you know? It's because somebody laughs with you and slaps you on the back. That don't make. A- How do you know who your friends are? Come on, help me out. Huh? When the party's over and the bills are due and it's time to clean up. Oh, somebody help me. Come on. When it's time to wash the dishes and take out the garbage. Oh, come on. Help me out. When it's time to pay the bill. The people you can't find, they were never your friends. They were there for the free food. I know a pastor of mine up in another part of the country. Another minister was telling him some negative things about me. And he just stopped him and said, how do you know that? Were you there? No, no. So-and-so said that they heard that so-and-so said that they thought that that's what they did. And he said, I don't believe it. I know the man. And I don't believe it. That's a friend. That's a friend. Well, how many think you ought to be a friend to Jesus? Yes, sir. Yes. Glory. Amen. Hmm? Yes. How many think you ought to stand up for him yes. and let people say what they want to say? Yes. Let them think what they want to think. But you're going to be true to Jesus and you're going to be unashamed. Yes. Now, it's easy to sit in here on your cushion seat in air-conditioned comfort while I wave my hands and quote scriptures and say that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what you ought to do. Yes and amen. <laughs> but it's quite a different story. When it's a Tuesday afternoon. And ain't none of your church around. And ain't no organ music. Come on now. And you are in the hot seat. And you are the only one. In the room. That believes like you do. And everybody else has been talking about what fools. People like you are. Yep. And it may cost you a contract. It may cost you a job. It may cost you a sale. It may cost you your position among the affluent. They may not invite you back to have lunch at the country club. <laughs> now see so look what I'm talking about. Even good people. Good people. Getting messed up in this. Galatians 2 and 11. Galatians 2 and 11. Paul said by the Spirit. When Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face. Because he was to be blamed. Now this took some courage. Because Peter is the head guy. And Paul is a Johnny come lately. <laughs> Isn't he? I mean, we don't kind of see it that way now, but back then. And Paul withstood him to the face, publicly. For before that certain came from James, he, Peter, did eat with the Gentiles. But when they came, when they were come, he withdrew. And separated himself. Why? Why? Fearing them which were of the circumcision. Who did this? Peter. 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 After he's born again. After the day of Pentecost. After he's been preaching and getting thousands saved. Is that right? Is Peter a good man? Does he love the Lord? Is he saved and powerful and called and anointed and full of the Spirit? And yet what does he do? He backs off of something he knows is right, and he compromises, and he hides, and he distances himself from people that last week he was eating with and fellowshipping with. This is not right. I said, this is not right. Paul did the right thing, didn't he? He called him out on it don't care if you are the leader. He said, this ain't right. Why did he do this? Help me out. Why did he do it? This is a saved man. Spirit-filled man. Apostle of the Lord. Fear of man. What? Tell me what fear of man does. What does it do? Yeah. It brings a snare. It disables you. It freezes you. It locks you down. Is that what it did to him? He withdrew. He backed off. Now, what had to be going on in his heart when he did that? Had to be bothering him. Didn't he? He had to be losing some of his confidence and boldness over this deal. He's smiling with the circumcision, but he don't like it, does he? They're talking and they're chatting and they're not having anything to do with those new Gentile converts. But that's got to be bothering him. And notice what else happened. He withdrew, he separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. What was he afraid of? This is a real man of God. What was he afraid of? I know what he's afraid of, I've been there. Nobody likes to be excluded. Nobody likes to be labeled that their doctrine is wrong. Nobody. If you've never done it, you wouldn't know. But I have. I've sat on the platform and couldn't even hear what they were singing or saying. Because inside me, I'm thinking, are you really going to preach this? <laughs> Look who's here. Look there. Man, are you really going to do this? And you just have to make up your mind. Who you love the most. Come on now. And you got to make up your mind. If it costs me. It costs me. And I'm a man. I could miss it. I could be wrong. But let me not be a coward. Hmm? If I'm going to be wrong. Be wrong stepping out. Doing the best you know to obey the Lord. If I need to repent. I'll repent. But don't let me be a coward. Too scared. Too scared of men. Too scared. Step out and say and do what you ought to do. Compromise what God told you and showed you. How many know if the Lord shows you something and it's good? That is a gift. That's a treasure. You don't despise it and hide it and go, Oh, we can't say that because that's not widely accepted. I've taught things and I mean as soon as I did. Preachers well known came to me, called me, and said, no, that's not right. No, I don't believe that. That ain't what Brother Hagin teaches, and that ain't this, and that ain't that. And I know they were shocked when six months later he said it was right. But it wasn't fun for six months. Had a guy just a couple of weeks ago. He said... He stood up, he's a man, he stood up, he said, I went to Brother Keith and I told him that wasn't right. He said, but I was wrong. And now he's excited about it. What if we'd have backed off? What if we'd have been too scared though? And this particular thing has to do with being healed and living longer than people said you would. What's wrong with that? Hmm? But I know why. And it's easy if you've never done it for you to say, oh, you ought not do that. Well, what are you doing? (laughs) What are you doing? You're telling me you never got quiet when you should have spoken up. (laughs) You're telling me. Yeah, we've all done it. Let's put a stop to it. Somebody say again, I'm not ashamed. He was fearing them which were of the circumcision. And the other Jews dissembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation, their hypocrisy. That literally means their two-facedness. And when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, before them all, if you being a Jew live after the manner of Gentiles and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? He said both of them can't be right. Last week you was eating with the Gentiles. This week you're preaching and ain't right. Both of those can't be right. <laughs> hmm? And Barnabas is a good man. The Bible calls him a good man. And yet, he followed Peter in this two-facedness. And a whole bunch of people. See, when leaders compromise and they back off, it affects everybody under them. They'll all start backpedaling and talking and making excuses and compromising and doing the same thing. How many understand? The leader of a local church, the leader of a family, the leader of a business, the leader of a ministry. you got to stay true to what you know is right. If people talk, let them talk. If they kick you out, if they boot you out, well, it's not something you need to be in anyway. If they say, well, I'm not your friend anymore, were they ever your friend? No. See what I'm talking about? Don't let this stuff pressure you and cause you to compromise. I like what that man, he stood up, didn't he? He looked him in the eye and he said, why, you want to be his disciple? <laughs> so they said, they're kicking doctrinal points around. He said, well, let me tell you what I know. I was blind. I know it. I was there. (laughs) And now I can see. And how can anybody be a part of something like that unless God is with him? And they kicked him out. And Jesus found him. Jesus found him. Oh, glory to God. Put his arms around him and said, boy, do you believe in the Christ? He said, who is he? He said, you looking at him. Oh, if they do kick you out, God's got something better, better, better. Leave that little gossip club. Get out of that little fault-finding clique. You don't want to be a part of that know-how. Anybody in here listening this morning? Be bold. Let the redeemed of the Lord. Let them speak up. Let them tell it. Let them say it and not mince words. What did Jesus say? Go back to Matthew 10 in closing. What did Jesus say? This is so important. People say, well, now my faith is a private matter between me and my God. Is that right? (laughs) Right? Well, how's that going to work out for you? (laughs) <laughs> my faith is a private matter <laughs> we just got through reading in Matthew 10 let's read it again in verse 32 whosoever therefore shall confess me where men. huh men. how private is that What does before mean? In In front of, out before men, him shall I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father which is in heaven. Is that serious? That's serious. Do you want him to deny you? then you better not deny Him. You want Him to confess you before the Father? Well, what if you say, well, no, no, I don't like all that kind of talk. My faith is a private matter and I don't talk about it, but that's just, that's the way I am. It's a private matter. Well, I reckon you won't be bothered then when you get before the Father. And they want to know if Jesus claims you or not. And He would say, well, that's a private matter. (laughs) No, I think you go on him to speak up in front of the father. Come on. In front of everybody and claim you and say, yes, they are mine. I know them. Well, then you best get vocal here and now. Come on. In front of people and say, yes, he is my Lord and my savior. I claim him. Yeah. If you want him to claim you, you better claim him. You want him to confess you, you better confess him. Here and now, don't be ashamed. Now you don't want to be, you know, rude and pushy about it. But I don't, you know, no matter who it is, I don't care if it's the governor, I don't care if it's the president. Don't you blink your eyes? Don't you back away? Don't you mince words? Yes, I'm a believer. Yes, and glad of it. Thankful for it. Yes, I am a tongue talker. You should be too. <laughs> Yes, I do believe in healing. He heals today. He's healed me numerous times. Yes, it's supernatural. (laughs) Yes. No, it's not my imagination. It happened. I was there. I was sick. Now I'm healed. Would you like to be? You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be rude. But you are not intimidated. And you are not ashamed. Stand up on your feet and say, I'm not ashamed. ashamed. Say it out loud. I believe in Jesus. I I love the Lord. I I have faith in Him. I have faith in in His Word. I have faith in in His power. power. And I'm not ashamed to say so. so. And I'll not be pressured. I'll not be compromised. I'll not not withdraw. I'll 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 not hide. For fear of man. I care more more about what the Lord thinks, about what what He knows, knows than what men think and what they say. say. Praise Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Just praise Him just a minute. Lord, we're so grateful and thankful that You would stand up for us and claim us. Oh, we're counting on it. We're counting on it that You claim us and confess us in front of the Father and before the holy angels in that time to come. And so we do not hesitate to claim you and confess you here and now. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.